Hello, my name is David Levy. You are listening to the Observer's Notebook podcast. Enjoy. Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. It's mission to explore the solar system, to seek all new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 182 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. My name is Tim Robertson. I'm the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as The Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the Observer's Notebook, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com forward slash Observer's Notebook. If you'd like to join the Alpo, membership begins at only $22 a year. For more information, find us at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And we're also on Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And this this podcast also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy, enjoy what you hear in the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating. That way you'll never miss another episode. And now, episode 182 with Pranvera Hyseni. Enjoy. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to this edition of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. And today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, she was first on the podcast way back in 2019. And since then, she was a keynote speaker at one of our ALPO conferences, where she was also awarded the uh, first annual Mike Reynolds uh, Astronomy Award, which was uh, very well-deserving. It's for those people that do great work and outreach in astronomy. Uh, she has single-handedly brought science to her community by establishing a nonprofit organization called Astronomy Outreach of Kosovo in 2015. That organization has grown into a significant entity with global network of professional and amateur astronomers throughout her outreach activities across the country of Kosovo. Through these extensive outreach activities, uh, AOK has had a substantial impact reaching and engaging with over 25,000 individuals annually, and her extraordinary commitment has earned her recognition as one of the five most influential women in Kosovo. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Pranvera Hasini. Welcome back, Pran. Thank you, Tim. It's my pleasure to be back. <laughs> and you've been busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, doing a lot of work, uh, trying to keep up with school mm-hmm. and working side projects and a lot of outreach at the same time. Yeah. Now you're currently pursuing your PhD on Earth and Planetary Sciences at uh, UC Santa Cruz. 
Uh, yeah, this is my second year of PhD uh, in uh, planetary science. Um, it's a five-year program, so mm -hmm. I still have a lot of years to go. Uh, but it's definitely something I always wanted to pursue. I also uh, did my master's here at UC Santa Cruz in the same field. And although it's a, a long commitment, uh, when you do something that you love and you're passionate about, it definitely makes it a lot easier on me. Uh, so, yeah, every day I wake up and I'm happy about what I do. I go to the lab. Uh, I'm working on several projects right now. Um, my research focuses mostly on understanding the composition of hydrated asteroids and oh. uh, trying to link all of that with meteorites we have in the lab. And all of this work involves spectroscopy. So that is uh, definitely something I'm excited about, uh, bringing and blending all of this together, trying to understand the the origin of the solar system by studying very primitive objects uh, in space, such as asteroids and comets and meteorites. Uh, so also it's a new field. Mm -hmm. Just now we're having some uh, space missions that we send to these asteroids. We're somehow living in the asteroid research era and it could not be have been a better time for me to start doing my research in that field. So you're going to get your hands on some of the Osiris Rex material? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I know my advisor is currently um, uh, thinking about requesting some of the Ryugu samples oh. uh, from the Hayabusa mission. Okay. Uh, and as for Bennu, maybe at some point right now, I think everybody else wants to do it. There's, uh, a, lot of, there's a lot of fingers <laughs> trying to get in there to... Take a look at that material yeah. right now. Uh, that, but definitely in the future, I would totally go for it. Great. Now, when you were first on the podcast, uh, the, the main topic was the observatory in uh, Kosovo that you were, the observatory and planetarium that you were basically heading up that project. And since then, there have been some developments. Um, yeah, that's correct. Uh, when I was last in your podcast, I can't remember if it was 2020 or 2019. It was uh, at that time. Yeah, 2019 was when we, I think, submitted this proposal to the government of Kosovo. So the idea to build the observatory uh, came a long time ago. Before that, uh, it was 2015, 2016, when I was starting to travel to other countries and seeing how um, other people, even if they're not an institution, just amateur astronomers were able to build an observatory in their yard and use it. Mm -hmm. And I figured... Uh, why can't we do something like that? And it was in 2016 when I made this drawing of an observatory that I was uh, at that time visioning about building in Kosovo with my team. It was a small dome, a small telescope, a pier, and a mountain. And how old that. were you at that time? Uh, in 2016, I must have been 19 or 20, okay. something like that. Yeah. You're dreaming of a, of, a, of a big observatory at 19 years old. Yeah, that's okay. like... Uh, <laughs> quite a long time ago like seven eight years ago yeah. um but at that time the idea was small it was just to have this small dome this telescope but then as things progressed uh we were trying to figure out how we can build it where we can get the funding and if we did build it what exactly do we need so the idea to propose this to the government of kosovo came as a team it was the only choice we had because this of course was going to cost um, and then when we got the idea to propose to the government, we figured 
maybe we can also include a planetarium. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started to also think bigger. And in 2018, I came to Neve in New York. I was invited from Sovastron as a, one of the young astronomers to speak at Neve. Um, and I presented the idea that we want to build an observatory. And right after my talk, um, I walked by the Celestron booth and the CEO of Celestron, he said, if you guys build this observatory, Celestron is willing to donate a C-14 telescope to your facility. Oh my. And it was right at the time when it hit me and was like, this is sounding to sound, you know, to be a lot more larger than what I initially thought of having just a dome and a small pier and all of that. That's mm-hmm. when we thought about making this like a bigger, larger facility than just something small. Um, therefore, one of those nights we sat with my team in a cafeteria and we decided to come up with designs on a piece of paper, drawing with a pencil. And we decided we need a dome for the telescope and how big the dome was going to be. So we decided it's going to be a six meter dome. Um, This would allow a larger telescope setup. And then in case we would ever need to upgrade to a much larger telescope, then the dome would be there and would be able to host it. And then uh, we added the planetarium on site, a nine meter dome, uh, which would suit or fit about uh, 50 people or so. Uh, then we added some conference rooms, a telescope control room, because we figured if we're going to stay up late observing, we don't want to freeze because uh, I've I've experienced that a lot in other <laughs> observatories. Uh, so these were just a few necessary things we thought would be essential. And then we approached a team of architects in Kosovo, a team of architects that uh, make drawings of like, houses and buildings but they had never designed an observatory before they had never been in an observatory before and we explained in the situation that this is what we wanted um we kind of had this drawing in the piece of paper um we showed them pictures of how a dome looks like in google uh, we also had uh a lot of communication with astronomers from across the world that were advising us as to what we need uh, with respect to the pier and the walls of the observatory, how high they should be, uh, that the pier should not be attaching the uh, floors, either the basement or the second floor. And a lot of tips that, of course, we did not have the expertise on. We were advised by the international community. And then we carried that to the architects who were able to put this into a system that they use to design in computer and do everything properly, all the measurements, and uh, make this design to the finest detail. So once we have this design, uh, there is the group of engineers who then is able to tell and estimate how much this would cost if we decided to build it. And once we had all these details, so the cost was going to be around 300,000 euros. Um, So once we had all this, we decided to submit it to the government of Kosovo. And it was the beginning of 2019 it was january when uh the parliament of kosovo decides where the budget will be going for that rest of the year so that that's when they decide what to approve what proposals what not and where to focus so that they can improve the economy and all of that Mm -hmm. 
So our um, proposal was submitted through one of the deputies and we watched the parliament session for the next 16 hours. It went on very long. Uh, I had never really watched a parliament session before. <laughs> it was very interesting. Also very nervous, very anxious um, because I wasn't sure if they would approve or not. Right. But after 16 hours of wait, we were waiting with my team, uh, watching, having snacks, waiting and waiting. Um, the parliament uh, came to the project proposals that were in the category that ours was, and uh, they uh, voted yes. So 68 deputies voted yes. Uh, nobody was against it. Uh, I think we only had one abstained, and we were over the moon excited. Mm -hmm. Because this was something that we thought we were never going to be able to pull off right. because of the funds. And we started trying to collect funds individually uh, from private donors and astronomers and people. But we were not even able to gain more than $10,000. So it was difficult. If we, if we didn't have the government support or if we didn't do that, uh, trying to build this just with private funds would be... Uh, whole challenge for us uh anyway fast forward so the parliament approved this and now in kosovo when parliament approves all these funds all the funds gets distributed to the particular ministries depending on the section that the proposal would belong to in our case our funds moved to the ministry of education science and technology and then they were supposed to be allocated to aok so that we could start with a building um because of bad politics and bureaucracy and bad management it took about four years for the ministry of education to allocate those funds to build the observatory uh reasons that i'm not quite sure why i can't really explain i never understood uh, but I and my team made a lot of effort to get those funds because mm -hmm. at some point, it was a long time, it was four years, at some point we thought that this probably was never meant to happen. Right. Uh, we would never get those funds and we would never be able to build this. And I tried to speak to them, I tried to uh, talk to the media to make this a huge deal because it was the only power we had against the government. I even organized a protest in front of the Ministry of Education with my friends and family and other people because it was the only thing I could do before I I would give up. And somehow... I don't see I, you ever giving up. <laughs> honestly, at, at many times I reached a point where I was like, maybe I will die and I will never see an observatory being built in Kosovo. Mm. It was very stressing. I feel like I failed, like I failed my team. I failed my country. It felt like it was a dead end. Mm. But then after four years, every time our uh, politicians come, like they change because mm -hmm. new politicians come to position. Uh, right. We get to vote. So we got new politicians in the ministry that were better at management. And uh, right away, we got these funds released. And we um, had the first foundation uh, set on December of 2022. That's when everybody went to the property where we decided to build the observatory, which is a great location, uh, not a light of light pollution, but also not too far away from the cities. 
um, everybody gathered and they were uh, setting the first stone or how you call that. And I was here in California. I was not able to go oh. there that day. I was stuck in school in the winter winter uh. quarter, but uh, it was very exciting for me to see that. I couldn't believe that finally it's happening after waiting for four years and um, thinking that maybe this was never going to happen. And it just suddenly, it, it happened. Uh, and after that, uh, the construction moved forward very fast. So in February, the foundation was almost complete. And then in March, I was able to go to Kosovo only for three days. And I went there exclusively to check out the construction site, see out how everything was going. And at the time, it was just the foundation and they had just started to build the wall of the planetarium and the observatory. So it wasn't much to see, a bunch mm -hmm. of wood and, and metal sheets and all of that. But it was still very exciting because you knew that you worked so hard for something with your team and then it's actually coming to life. And then my team would update me every single day, every single oh. week sending me pictures. Oh, they did this today. They did this. They did this. And uh, by um, uh, August of that year, like of last year, or like, yeah, it was August when everything was almost completed. And I had another trip to Kosovo. I went there for vacation and I was actually able to walk inside the building for the first time. They were still working on minor stuff in the interior. They were working on uh, putting down the tiles on the floor, on the walls, here and there. But you could still go inside and walk in each room where you designed this in a piece of paper in a cafeteria and say, like, hey, this was the control room. This is the stairs to go up to the telescope. Was that the emotional for you there. to be there at that point? It was very emotional because you, I mean, I was going to a place that never existed before, something that existed only in my mind. And then actually having to live that moment when you're walking inside that place that uh, you always were thinking about and envisioning it, and then having to do that in reality, it, it was very emotional. Uh, doing that drive from my home to the observatory site. It was like the next day after I arrived in Kosovo. Um, and then uh, as I was there, of course, with my team, we were trying to plan if there was anything that we wanted to change or if it, you know, if I didn't approve of. Um, because I've been to a lot of these places, to planetariums and observatories. There are certain things that the construction crew don't know or the architects don't know for instance we wanted the planetarium wall inside to be painted black and they didn't understand why we would do that because we didn't want any reflection of the light from the wall and then how we wanted the dome painted in a certain way and also be very smoothed inside mm -hmm. because it's composed of cement and also the way the chairs will be laid within the planetarium like a lot of things the construction crew would reach out to my team hey how do you want us to do this and then my team would reach out to me and I would probably be in class or in middle of like a lab experiment and they would ask me hey Pran we need this this and that and then it was a great communication and then if I didn't know which was a lot of things I also didn't know I would reach out to some astronomers here and ask for advice and they would tell me, oh, you should do this and that. And then I would uh, communicate that to my team. But overall, 
it's 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 there and it's it's a great building and after i left for the next two months september october the project the observatory was being finalized they brought in all the furniture that we needed and uh, now the construction is complete um so i was very happy when they told me that everything is complete uh they're now working on the uh, infrastructure outside so we have a small road that goes to the observatory from the parking lot where the public is supposed to park uh, we need that asphalted we need to install some lights on that road maybe like red lights when the people walk by so that uh mm -hmm. they don't trip and um yeah just some touch-ups on the yard and yeah, stuff like that. But overall, it's complete. And my team and I are now planning the grand opening. Uh, that's a day I've been looking forward ever since. And, and you um, will be there for that. Absolutely. Uh, you better <laughs> so be we haven't We haven't set a date yet, okay. but we have set or locked down a month. So our goal is to do the grand opening in June of this year, 2024. Oh but uh, for the date, we are still coordinating with Celestron, who will be uh, bringing uh, a mount and the C14 that they will be installing with all the necessary accessories. All of that was donated to AOK. Plus, wow. they will be bringing a tech team that will be installing the telescope and testing it. Uh, to make sure that everything is working properly. Um, also, Stephen Remsen, who a lot of us have heard of him. He right. does a lot of work and outreach for the Charlie Bates Solar Astronomy Project. He has donated a Lunt 152 double-stacked hydrogen alpha to our observatory. Oh, my. And initially, initially we had the, the goal of attaching this telescope to the C-14 so yeah. that we could utilize the observatory during the day but now i was informed that the mount you know this is a large telescope it's gonna be about 30 pounds it would be too heavy on the mount on top of the c14 so skywatcher jumped in and they said no worries we will donate you a separate mount um and eq six i believe uh to the observatory because we have a great terrace on top of the building so okay. You can literally walk from the observatory uh, to this terrace and we can set the solar telescope separately. We can set it up so when people want to look at the sun, they can just walk outside in the terrace. And also we can attach a calcium K or a smaller one to the C14. Uh, but to me, that's just amazing how Celestron and Skywatcher and Charlie Bates have all come up together and have you know, made all this package available for our observatory because that's the most critical part of our building. Without it, we would, you know, we would have nothing. It would right. be just a building. So I am very excited. I'm very thankful to Celestron and Skywatcher mm -hmm. and Steven that have been donating very uh, serious and very advanced, uh, you know, computerized uh, tech and telescopes that will be installed in our observatory. And I'm very excited to be able to look through it and see how people will react. Um, so now we are just finalizing uh, or coordinating the shipping, uh, when can it arrive and all of this. And by the 
beginning of February, that's when we, we will be announcing the date officially. And okay. hopefully a lot of the astronomers, the international community will consider flying to Kosovo to join us for the grand opening ceremony. I am I'm definitely very excited. It's going to be a milestone for our country and also a very emotional day for me as well. Uh, but yeah, so that's where we are now. Um, with my team, we're also working. Uh, I'm going to make another separate trip this March to Kosovo. And I'm going there exclusively to work with my team on setting up some exhibitions and preparing the observatory before we do the grand opening in June. Um, so right now the observatory is complete. We have some furniture. The telescope will be installed, probably will be the last thing to be installed. But uh, right now we only have wide walls. Okay. And we need to make this because our goal is to make this as a science center. So then when people walk in, they will be able to walk out with some basic knowledge on fundamentals of science. It's not about just observing the moon or the planets from the telescope. It's about uh, being able to be there and read stuff and interact with exhibitions where they can learn more about uh, science in general. So. I'm now just planning what I can make uh, in terms of designs and exhibitions so mm -hmm. that we can implement it in the observatory by the time I get there in March. Uh, we want to have all these posters and designs and maybe uh, a, a corner with uh, show showcasing the meteorites. I have a great meteorite collection. Um, and yeah, I want to touch in every subject, a little bit of geology, a little bit of chemistry, a little bit of physics, not just focus in astronomy, uh, mm -hmm. all, you know, just that. Um, I believe despite that the size of the building, it's not very large. We don't have a lot of space to exhibit a lot of stuff. I believe with what we have, we can still come up with some great ideas that will help and inspire the young generation and families when they bring their kids to learn more about science. Um, but yeah, so... Um, now, what about the planetarium? Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Uh, so the planetarium, uh, first off, uh, we are going to use uh, a system that comes with a spherical mirror and a projector. So the projector projects into the mirror and then goes into the dome. So this you don't see very often in planetariums because not all planetariums have upgraded to very advanced fisheye lenses and projectors which can cost a lot. So at this point in time, we cannot afford one of those expensive lenses. So the system that we are going to use has been donated from Jack Dunn, um, a very uh, dear friend of mine and also a fellow amateur astronomer uh, who does a lot of work with planetariums and has been part of planetariums for a long time. Okay. He has donated the system. Uh, he will be shipping it to Kosovo in the next few weeks so that by the time I am in March in Kosovo, my team and I will be able to install this properly and also run through some of the shows that Jack also donated along with a laptop wow. that uh, we will see how it looks like. We have never projected in the dome. I really hope they did a good <laughs> job at smoothing it and making it the way we asked to. And You'll know right away. Yeah, and I hope we don't run into any issues because that is kind of scary. Um, but yeah, I also would like to mention that the, all the sound system and audio has been donated by wow. Hap Griffin. Hap Griffin is one of my greatest friends. 
we have a discovery together. We spend a lot of time at his mm-hmm. observatory in South Carolina. He's he's really, really awesome and, and has been very supportive of my work. Uh, he has covered that and all that sound system will probably be shipped from Germany because we cannot buy sound system here and ship it to Kosovo because of the different voltage. Whoa, so we need to okay. order it somewhere in Europe and then ship it to Kosovo. So he's working on that right now. Um, but yeah, looks like everything is coming together. Finally, this is the most uh, stressing part for me because I am somehow like a bridge between everybody, like trying to manage all the donations, trying to manage all the dates for the opening, trying to manage the exhibitions and thinking how to make everything properly. So whatever we decide to set up and display, it will be appropriate for all kinds of ages. Uh, what would be most interesting to focus on and then trying to arrange everything between the large companies, Celestron and Skywatcher, and then the government and my team and what works best for everybody. So it's been uh, quite some stress on me. And, um, you know, uh, given that I'm also going through a lot of projects in school, I'm trying to make as much time as I can to work on everything. And so that the end result will be great. And I'm very confident that by June 20, everything will be set properly and we will have the first light uh, in our observatory. That will be amazing. Be <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'm, what's, I'm a, what's, what's the weather like in Kosovo in June? <laughs> uh, June is actually pretty good. Um, it's a little bit humid, but not by much. Uh, we don't live in the coast, so okay. it's not too bad. Uh, but it can be warm. It can be hot in June, quite mm-hmm. hot, actually. And then um, the weather is great. So I'm hoping whatever day we choose to do the opening, it's going to be a good weather, hopefully, so that we can actually look at the sun during the day. And then maybe in the evening, we can try the C-14 to look at uh, the moon or planets, depending what's going to be in the sky at that month. Um, but it just it's very, very much a thing that makes me happy. It feels like finally the work of all of us, uh, AOK and the government of Kosovo and Celestron and Charlie Bates and Skywatcher and a lot of other people around the world that have continuously contributed and helped us in some way, whether it was advice, whether it was by donating equipment, whether it was by donating uh, financial you know, money to support our cause, this has all played a huge role and it's finally happening. And I'm happy that uh, to present this to the world because I've spent years talking about it. I've spent years telling people, oh, we're making it. We're making this happen to mm-hmm. the point where everybody thought that maybe she's just um, daydreaming because, you know, it's, it's not happening. Obviously, it took like years. It took about a decade almost to make this happen. Uh, but I'm glad that we didn't give up we we right. pushed forward we fought for it and we're finally making you know having this observatory um so yeah if you have any question if i left anything out Tim, uh, <laughs> let me know because no, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really i'm really excited for you because <laughs> since we first talked years ago i mean i've been looking forward to this as well i mean and, i know <laughs> and and you are such a spark plug and people oh, i you. people i talk to in the astronomy community, they always say, "Have you talked to Pran?" Yeah. In fact, last week I inter- I interviewed uh, Alan Hale, 
for the podcast. Oh yeah. He says, yeah. you gotta have Pranvera on. I said, yeah, I'm talking to her next week. He goes, she's <laughs> the best. I said, yes, we all know she's the best. <laughs> yeah. So, Alan is awesome. Alan, uh, yeah. Alan, Alan is great. Yeah. Now who's, is is this going to be a government-run facility, or is it going to be run by AOK? Uh, this will be a, an AOK-run facility. Uh, maybe things will change in the future. If it was run from the government, would be much easier when it comes to funding and mm -hmm. all of that. But right That's now, the government was, we built this building, and now it's up to you to keep it running, manage it. So it's up to AOK to do all of that. And uh, again, we have been doing outreach and volunteer work for uh, the last decade. So, of course, we're more than excited to keep this running. But yeah, I mean, to keep a building running, you will need some funds. So we're hoping uh, to get donations, to apply for funds, to have proposals. And also when people visit, uh, I'm sure there will be probably a fee for the entrance mm -hmm. to the observatory and the planetarium. Uh, but overall, uh, Kosovo, it's not an expensive country. It's not like running a facility here in the United States, which means that we would probably not have a, a huge, you know, big trouble about running this. And we have a lot of excited people in Kosovo right now about this building that I'm sure they would uh, make everything possible to keep it running and do a great job at it. So when you graduate, are you going to go back there and run it? <laughs> a lot of people ask me that, and I would have loved to do it. Although... Finishing a PhD in, in planetary science and then just ending up running an observatory, I think I would not uh, contribute a lot to science in that aspect. So as much as I support AOK and as much as I do my best to to go there and visit and do activities and uh, interact with people, uh, I would see myself at a place uh, contributing for science in a higher level and more advanced. So uh, hopefully I would be able to work for facilities such as NASA or other institutions here in the country that work on, let's say, samples from Bennu or analyses of, you know, from space missions and all of that. But at the same time, always uh, supporting AOK and being behind AOK's cause. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping to remain here. And this is the only way I can actually support AOK in a much, much higher level by being yeah, here. You, you have been able to do a lot of work from here to support this trip. Yes. Because you've been able to travel all over and see all the observatories and planetariums in the United States. Too, yeah. And, and also making, yeah, making a lot of contacts right. with people, uh, building a network of people and representing AOK and telling people about AOK and, and the project in Kosovo, uh, it, it is a big deal because uh, having an ambassador who will represent you out there, it's, it's very important. Otherwise, if I hadn't done it, if I hadn't traveled like I did, we would never have the telescopes, we would never have the equipment, we would never have the international community support. But over the years, by meeting all these great people, amazing people that have been supporting me, they have been supporting AOK at the same time. Um, so I'm very happy that uh, I'm here to help AOK as much as I can, and at the same time contributing to the general science of planetary science. Yeah, but it's as an outsider looking in and seeing your career you know from early on and what you've done it's easy to support you 
because your passion is is evident in everything you do. I mean, I, I follow you on social media and I see your passion on all sorts of different things. And it's just you're 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 quite the, you're quite the powerhouse. You really are. And and whatever you decide to do in your career, I'm sure you'll succeed. And Thank you, Tim. Uh, yeah, as for the career, it it wasn't always easy coming from oh. Kosovo and being a student here and starting in a field that it's not very common. But also, uh, I felt very um, scared at first because I thought, "Am I going to be able to make this? Am I going to be able to do great in my research? Am I going to be able to fit in?" Because it's a different language, it's a different culture, it's a different type of uh, system here mm -hmm. at the university and a lot of things scared me a lot of things were difficult at the beginning but I believe that anybody who's um committed to something regardless they will be able to achieve it if they definitely believe that they can do it and uh, nothing can stop them uh, I know we all have challenges we all have times when we break down and we think okay let's stop because we've had enough but then you wipe your tears and you stand up and you keep going and um, yeah, you get there someday. Yeah. What would you say to the 15 year old you who made that little <laughs> drawing on that piece of paper about the observatory? What would you say to oh her if you can go back and talk to her right now? Uh, I would go back and tell myself to dream big because when I made that drawing, I was not, I was dreaming big, but not that big because I made, I was thinking about making this backyard observatory, a tiny dome and all of that. But if it hadn't for, you know, dreaming big later on, we would not have what we have today. Mm -hmm. All this big facility that will be running, it's going to be the National Observatory of uh, Kosovo. And have you um, taken that in that what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> the, the National Observatory of Kosovo. Uh, I does, know. It, does, it, does it have a name? Uh, for now, it's only named the National Observatory and Planetarium of, of Kosovo. Will it have a specific name? I don't know. We haven't really discussed that yet. Um, I can think of a name it could have, but I'm not going to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not mine, if you're going to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I would tell myself to dream big and not be scared whatever comes your way because okay. a lot of things have happened since 2015 mm -hmm. in personal life and also mm -hmm. professional life and a lot of times when you panic you get scared moving to the next step but um this is life you have to take risks you have to take action and then uh, yeah make things work out yeah now you mentioned a little bit about your future. You mentioned NASA and things like that. What would you What would you like to do in ten years? I would like to be a research scientist. Um, I my dream is not to remain in academia, so I would not like to be a professor at a university. Okay. Um, I have three advisors. I see how much work there is with respect to managing your students and funds and grants and working for a university. I feel like it's it's a lot of a stressful job. And I would not want to see myself doing that. Uh, being a research scientist where I am uh, hands-on with samples in the lab using equipment, uh, that is my type of dream. But also, uh, since I do study hydrated asteroids, my other dream is working for observatories, large observatories. So right now we're using NASA's IRTF. It's a four-meter telescope in Hawaii. We use that to take 
uh, infrared spectra of asteroids. And I would love to be working with a facility like that. And then on the other side, even if I'm not doing research, uh, like a constant job uh, working with an outreach department, let's say for NASA or SETI Institute or research, you know, Southwest Research Institute or any astronomy institutes or planetary science where um, I would be contributing in the outreach department and communicating science uh, to the public. Uh, I feel I have a lot of experience yes. on that, given all the years I've been exposed to that. Uh, although not in a very professional way, I've been doing it as a hobby, as uh, something that I'm passionate about. But given that now I would also have a, a degree that would back that up, I feel it would be something I would enjoy doing. Yeah, well, you, you outreach is something I see you. I think it's something <laughs> inside of you you need to do. You know, it's it's because you're good at it. You communicate very well, you know, and like I mentioned, your passion for this comes across. So I would hate to see you not just, you know, sit in the lab all day long and look at meteorites. You definitely, <laughs> need, you definitely need to get out there and, and promote what you're doing and promote uh, astronomy as well. And you're doing that with Celestron now, right? Yeah. So Celestron has been supporting me for a long time. Uh, since I founded AOK, they have been uh, behind my back. They have invited me to Neve to speak there. Uh, that was my first big time talking to a large gathering such as Neve. Uh, they have supported me in other events. They invited me to last year's uh, solar eclipse in Texas to be with their team. Um, they support uh, my cause a lot and AOK also uh, at the same time. And here, since I've been in San Jose, uh, I try to do some outreach, although, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have a lot of facilities for astronomy here. It's still amazing to go out there in the city and uh, set up your telescope and just show the public. And it's amazing that even here in the United States, there are a lot of people that have never looked through a telescope. Um but Celestron has been supporting me a lot. They have donated a lot of equipment because all the telescopes I have, I have left them behind in Kosovo for AOK. So I brought nothing back here. I started from scratch, so I had no telescopes. Uh, some of my friends have donated some of their gear that they had sitting in their garage and they were not using. But then Celestron has completed some of it. They've sent me better mounts. Uh, battery packs, uh, other accessories that I need. And at the same time, uh, for me, it's been a pleasure representing Celestron, uh, not as just one of the uh, really great uh, telescope brands, but also the fact how much Celestron um, invests into promoting science and astronomy and outreach. And I think it's one of the only companies that puts so much effort into mm -hmm this field and not just selling their product. So that's what I love most about Celestron and I'm happy to be working with them. It's a great group of people. Um, uh, it's really, really nice to be affiliated with them. Uh, so yeah, that is what I've been uh, mostly focused on here uh, apart from going to class and uh, keeping up with research. Yeah, so how do you like California? I love California. I love the weather. I mm -hmm. My dad loved it here when he visited me last year. And after he came here and spent four months, we took a trip all over Europe. And 
we visited all the countries. And when we went back, King Koso, he said, it's California. He couldn't change it with any other countries. Now the countries changed their mind. And I feel the same. I love California. It's it's a great weather. Yep. It's um it's the San Jose city, it's not very large like LA. Mm -hmm. We don't have that traffic. San Jose is a fun not, city too. Yeah, it's not very small either to be constrained with a lot of things. Like Santa Cruz, I think it's small, and I'm happy mm -hmm. that I decided to reside in San Jose, but my school is in Santa Cruz, right. so I still commute. Uh, all the time to Santa Cruz. It's a 45 minute drive, but I'd rather do the drive than. So that's what, 10 miles? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like San Jose. And the only thing about California is uh, now that I have lived here for over three years, I'm starting to understand the expense, what mm. it means living in California, the tax standpoint, yep. and uh, property tax and all of that. But overall, uh, it's great here. Yeah, you bought a place, didn't you? Yes, uh, yeah. I own a house here in San Jose. Very good. Well, it's nice to have you as a resident. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you Where are taxes. you located, Tim? Are you also? I'm in, yeah, I'm in Southern California in Ventura. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's just south of you. Yeah, very cool. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So anything else you want to share with the group? Um, hopefully, by the time we make the announcement, uh, I hope everybody will... Um, Keep up, keep an eye with my posts on social media if you follow me. And mm -hmm. uh, very soon in the next uh, week or two, we will make the announcement about the date of the grand opening for the observatory. Okay. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out, out for it. And hopefully you will consider attending. Oh, I, and would, I thank would love you, to. Tim. Yeah. yeah. Will, are there thoughts to live stream the uh, grand opening? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm having Thanks. all these uh, plans you, already. See, that's uh, a bit, your outreach brain is always on high. I, I know it is. So, <laughs> like you're always thinking of the angle of what you can do. I'm but. also thinking about, because we will have the government, there will be like the president oh. of the country, the prime wow. minister, and all these people will be talking in Albanian. So if we are live streaming... Anybody watching who doesn't speak the language, it's not going to understand anything, or even in the audience. Uh, so we are already planning on who to get that will be able to translate as they speak on the live feed, but also for the public that is. Okay. And you have all these headphones, somebody sitting at the end. There are people and companies that do that. So I have to contract somebody to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I have a lot of things that uh, go through my head all the time. And then I'm <laughs> planning how and uh, yeah. In between um, dissecting meteorites and going to class. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, but thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be in your podcast. Uh, and I hope to cross paths soon in person. I hope so, too. You take care. All right. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of The Observer's Notebook. I really want to thank Pravera Hassini for coming on the podcast again. She's an amazing guest, and I hope you all have a chance to follow her on social media and see what, is, she, see what she's up to. And we are really looking forward, to her, look, looking forward to her opening up the observatory in Kosovo. That's really exciting times. We upload a new episode of The Observer's Notebook on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate us and review us. It really helps us out. 
You can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Echo, Spotify, and this podcast is also available on the ALPO YouTube channel. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon by giving up to $35 a month, where you receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, and Michael Moyer for their continued generous support of the Observer's Notebook. Thank you very much, gentlemen. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the Alpo, is in the show notes. If you'd like to get a hold of me, my email address is cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at, at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, I hope that you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening. <laughs>